What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Remember Country Music. This week, we had Brett Shiroki on the show. We got to talking about his musical journey, his original tunes, and his most recent cut with a huge artist in country music. Want to find out who it is? Well, stay tuned, because Brett Shiroki is on the RCM Podcast coming at you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast, RCM Podcast for short. As usual, I'm your host, Kyle Corbis. And today I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I've had this role on the schedule for a long time on the calendar for a very long time. Uh, it's my buddy, Brett Shiroki. Brett, how are you, man? And I'm great. How are you? I'm. Listen, we talked about it. I'm doing, I'm doing <laughs> fantastic for circumstances. Anyone that's curious, I got a little bit of a different studio background going on back here. And it's because I caught the COVID bug and I've been... Uh, I've been in quarantine for the past, like, I don't know, five, six, seven days, something like that. And uh, it's been awful. And uh, I got, I, I broke free for a little bit to come to, uh, come to my lovely girlfriend's studio because she's also quarantined with me. So um, at least I get to get some fresh air and not get to uh, get stuck in my, uh, my little closet of a bedroom. I'm telling you, that's the worst part. It's the fact that my bedroom, my, my, my aunt was like, stay moving. I was like, what? run in place. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> There's nowhere for me to go. My room's like a closet. I don't know. It's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> I hate it. You can go take walks by yourself, I guess. Right. I guess, but my parents won't let me leave the house. Cause like I come down and they all, they all disperse out of the house to the, to the uh, biggest corner of my house. And then they, they spray as I walk down the stairs. So they don't <laughs> want me in and out of the house. So I'm like, what, give me a ladder, stick it outside my bedroom window or something. So I can climb out the other side. I'm not kidding yesterday. I'm this is this is this is not an exaggeration when I tell you this. I opened my bedroom window yesterday and then pulled the screen up. And then I my mom sat my was in my backyard. So I was talking to her from the upstairs window in my house. And then I took my one of my favorite records of all time, Eagles Live, threw it on my record player and blasted that out my window while I sat at my window. I was like a port like a stoop lady with a with a beer. And I sat there and just stared out. I was like, I was stuck. Yeah. Man, I've done that without COVID. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, I could have done it anytime, but I mean, uh, listen, I just, I needed, I needed some sort of fresh air. I considered just jumping out and I was like, I'll, I won't, nothing, nothing will hurt. I'll just, I'll be able to go after that. I'll be all right. Like, why not? I'm going crazy. I'm going absolutely nuts, but yeah. you know, with, without that, you know, it's fine. I'm at least I'm, at least I'm feeling, feeling better. And that's all that really matters. If we think about it, at absolutely. least, I mean, as long as I don't set a fire or something start goes burning like it did at your house, you know, and I don't smell it. As long as that doesn't happen, then we're okay. Yeah, then we're all right. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, when I had it, I couldn't taste or smell anything. I, I, uh, I try. I really just started eating a ton of like vegetables and fruit because it didn't matter. Like I was, I probably ate so healthy, <laughs> you know, during that whole thing. I maybe I cured myself with that diet. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe probably, I. Probably I hey. I always say like, well, I, I, I said, I was like, I mean, if I can't taste anything, I might as well like, you know, eat healthy and like maybe get in better shape. But I mean, like, listen, I'm a string bean. I don't need to put any, I don't need to lose any weight. Yeah. I need to eat more. So yeah. I don't care. I'm just eating whatever. I don't care. That's people, what I mean. people were sending us food, like, you know, just having it delivered or whatever. And, uh, you know, like all this pasta and all this nice stuff. And I was like, this is, 
It's horseshit. I can't taste any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it the weirdest feeling though? When you just like, can't you, when you just, yeah. you try, you try to taste it, but it just, there's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, like when I lost it, I was like, cause I was really stuffy and congested when I had it. And I thought maybe that was what it was, but then I started going around like I was open up like vinegar and everything. And then you take a big whiff of that and zero, that's <laughs> eerie feeling, man. And then like my dog is, I have a, our dog is really old and uh, uh chocolate lab and he started lo- like he started pooping in his sleep like during when i was like and and i'd wake up to just dog shit all over my floor and i had no idea you know <laughs> <laughs> well listen i mean at least it helped you in that uh, situation because yeah. uh that'd be that'd be horrible horrible you know how i found out that i finally lost it i randomly and i don't condone this but i i did it I randomly found a a shooter, a fireball in my, in my bedroom. I don't know where it came from. It was just there. I don't know. I was just going through cleaning some stuff and I was like, Oh, and I don't like fireball. I can't drink fireball. I just can't. I've never been able to even like a sip. Like I want to literally throw up. It's awful. And I was like, I wonder if I could smell this. So I opened it and I was like, no, I can't. And I like at all, but I was also thinking like I was congested. So maybe that's why. And I I like put it towards my lips and I was like, screw it. And I drank it and I didn't taste it. And I drank the whole thing. The only thing I felt was like the burning sensation. And I was like, man, I mean, if I can, uh, if I can do this, I could probably do anything at this point. I mean, listen, (laughs) it's like superhuman strength or something. I don't know. But um, it was, uh, it was pretty wild. And I, 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 I'm not a fan and I hope that it doesn't take me a month. Like it took you to come back because I don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a that's a it's a, it's a big bummer. Taste food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big bummer. Well, Brett, you're from. Uh, let me get this right. It's Bella Belleville, Illinois. Belleville. Belleville. Belleville, Illinois. Um, and I don't think I've ever. I've never. Well, I've never been to Illinois in general, so I've definitely not been to Belleville. But um, are you like where in relation to like Chicago is that? Just so I can get like a geographical. Yeah, way way south. Uh, yeah, like uh, five hours to Chicago, I think. Oh yeah. Um, well, we're we're like uh, so St. Louis, Missouri is right on the border of Missouri and Illinois, mm-hmm. and the Mississippi River divides the two states. And uh, I'm just right on the other side of the river. That's where gotcha. Belleville. So it's really right near. I mean, I, I could get to downtown St. Louis in like 25 minutes from where I grew up. So. So you're a big St. Louis guy then. Uh, I wouldn't say big, but yeah, I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, I, uh, I was a big Cardinals fan for a long time, uh, in Tennessee, there's no baseball here. So after the, the first two MLB packages, I, and, uh, you know, uh, paying for that, I just, you can stop being a baseball fan. Cause I just don't ever see it, you know? <laughs> uh, so I'm not, I'm no longer a good Cardinals fan. Uh, but like I worked at the St. Louis arch as a tour guide through college and, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've got drunk and thrown up many times in downtown St. Louis. And baseball games are great. You know, uh, Bush Stadium, uh, watching the Cardinals game at Bush Stadium is, I don't know what it is. I've been in other ball fields, but what, I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm from St. Louis. But a lot of people say that, like, there's just a, it's just a different atmosphere there. I don't That's know a bucket list stadium of mine. I have yeah. this thing where I've always wanted to go to, like, 30 or, or all, all parks. I wanted to go to all the parks. And um, I think I have, like, I don't know like eight of them cross yeah. off or something like that. Something along those lines. But like, that's always one of those that I've always wanted to go. Cause I've always heard great things. Always. Yeah. 
It's cool. They they toured. I mean, they built a new one in like uh, early two thousands. Uh, I can't remember what year it was, like early two thousands. But um, uh, so that was depressing to watch the old. Actually, I was working at the Arch that at that time, and so you can go up in the Arch and uh, and look out the windows, and so I got to see it kind of like being built, and uh, so that was kind of cool. But uh, it's so it's so cool. It's a it's a great baseball town. Did you ever get drunk in the Arch? No, that doesn't oh. happen. That's a national park, so you can't. Yeah, that's, that's like that's big trouble if you do bad things. Well, you know, I, you know, I thought maybe you know you have like VIP access. You could slide in, you know, <laughs> off hours, two a.m. You slide into the arts, you have a good time, and you call it a day. Yeah, no, never did that. Got drunk right after work, plenty of times though. That's fair. All right, <laughs> that's fair. I, I'd imagine. Yeah. Did you? uh I feel like in the summers though, going to the arts, being a tour guide was probably just brutal. Absolutely brutal. Yeah. Well, yeah. You get to work first thing in the morning and then there already be a line of like 300 people. And, you know, you go, you can go in both legs of the arch and both sides would just be, you know, a couple hundred people deep already. And it's just, it's just that onslaught of people from all over the world, just the whole time, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty daunting. You ever meet anyone cool while you're working there? Um, no, never met anybody cool, but, uh, uh, at the time, the the president was coming to do something at Bush Stadium, and I remember the Secret Service came in and uh, like their regular clothes, and uh, and uh, they let them in with their guns and everything, and uh, and they they like checked out the place or whatever, and kind of talked to people, interview people, and they went up to see if like you know if that was like a threat, you know, yeah. security <laughs> threat and stuff. That was uh, that, that's about the only one I the only thing I remember of like a you know anything like that happening. Um, yeah but it's a cool job i think it's this it's crazy because being like you being from illinois i I think that that people forget this a lot i mean um you know obviously more southern than than anything else but i feel like there's a lot of country music going on there and there's a lot of people from illinois that that play country music i mean i can i have uh, you know there's a bunch that are in nashville i know that um and there's all these other venues and and all these, you know, smaller venues that have really great artists that come and play there. I mean, obviously, like when you have like Windy City Smokehouse, which was like yeah. a huge festival, and 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 Joe's one, one that's super cool, and it was like just happened. But um, yeah, yeah Chicago. Of Chicago uh, again, I'm from, I'm way far south in Chicago, I'd, uh, but uh, Chicago itself, like that whole area, is is a giant country music market. Like it's a, a giant one. Uh, so. Yeah, there's a lot of. You would never have thought that, though. I feel like. Yeah, it, it was surprising to me when I learned that, but once, yeah, once you kind of get in the business and start learning about where the major markets are, it's a big one. Yeah, right. And I think it's I think it's um, interesting because, like, from where I am, I'm, I'm I live in I live in New Jersey, and you know we don't get small, like we don't have small country music fans. We don't. We well, let me rephrase that. We have small venues, but you know the smaller people that you want to see in shows won't come up here. I yeah. guess for good reason. Like I get it. Like I'm not, but hmm. you know, sometimes I want to see these guys that I'm listening to and not have to spend, you know, an arm and a leg for a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I, I've, I've heard. I didn't know that about New Jersey. I've heard that about like places like out far West, like, you know, like getting, getting people to come play like Wyoming and Utah and stuff like that. I've heard is like a challenge, um, Oregon and stuff, I think, but, um, I didn't know that about Jersey. Interesting. 
it's like you know you get because you get like all you know obviously all the big names and then you get you know the 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 i guess what do you want to call them middle tier or whatever you want to call them you know, as, as openers and that's how you get to see them like for example tomorrow i was supposed to see dirks parker mccollum and riley green obviously mm-hmm. i can't do that now because i'm sickly but um I was supposed to, and I was really excited. I've already seen Riley a bunch of times, but I was really excited to see Derek. And I was also really excited to see Parker McCollum. I couldn't get it to a Parker McCollum show within miles and miles and miles of my house. No yeah. shot. He wouldn't come all the way up here because why would he? I mean, I get it, but still, I'm just like, I wish he would because I would go. Well, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm not far enough along with, with all that stuff to really understand it uh, and to really speak intelligently on it but uh i do know you know as, as someone who's like an up-and-comer starting starting out kind of it's uh it's hard to get it's hard to not pay to right. play you know right. you, you know it costs you to it costs you to, as an artist it's your business so yeah. paying the band is on you having the having the way up there buying the gas having the having the bus or the, or the you know or the van or whatever the case may be paying for lodging it's all on you so it's hard it's hard to even break even a lot of times you know yeah. Yeah. You bring merch and sell it and hope that that helps. But uh, so sometimes that's the, that's the thing. Right. Which is understandable. I mean, listen, I, I get it. It's just, you know, I wish it was different, but yeah. um, like you said, you know, you're, 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 um, you know, an up and coming, you're, you're up and coming in, in, in the artist world, but you, you know, you, you've been writing songs for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've been doing the whole songwriting thing for a while and uh, we're going to get into that a little bit um, in, in a little bit here, but um when you started, when you, when you moved to Nashville, did you move to Nashville? Cause this, I'm, this is just a genuine question. Cause I've had an answer on both sides. Did you move there saying, I want to write songs and maybe the artist will come later. Or did you move there saying, I want to be an artist and the songwriting thing will go hand in hand. And then it just kind of happened that, you know, later on. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was the, the former, I, I wanted to be a songwriter. That's why I moved here. Um, and then the artist thing just sort of happened organically, or I guess, uh, Oh, over the last three or four years or whatever it's been. I don't even know at this point. Uh, but uh, yeah, first and foremost, I, I love writing songs. And that's where um, I think that's where most of my artistry comes from is the songwriting. I don't think that I would. Uh, no, I know I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't want to be an artist if I didn't write my own songs like right. that, that. They go very hand in hand for me. Yeah. They, you know, they have to mean something to me. I have to be there when they're created. Uh, not to say I would never cut an outside song, but uh, for the most part, you know, that's just i respect that i I respect that i respect that um so kind of then what was your path like why why did you you know you like you said you went to college in in st louis and you know you did i guess the normal person route like you did what every normal person would do and then you just decided hey i'm gonna go national and write songs did you did you just were you maybe i don't know like like how, how did that all happen yeah so um yeah, I went to, it was kind of drilled in me to do the practical thing, get a degree and all that stuff, and then have a, you know, have the backup or whatever, if you're going to do this thing or whatever. And I always wanted to do music, but I didn't, I was always scared to move to Nashville and, and actually try, like, I mean, you know, it, it felt, it, it is, it's like a, it's a pipe dream, man, you know, yeah. to be a living, it is. And I just kind of always thought it was that, but uh, I had been in a band for years back in, in the St. Louis area and just trying to keep it alive. And after like the fifth guitar player or something quit, 
I was just like, fuck this, you know? And uh, can I cuss on here? Yeah, yeah, you can say okay. whatever you want. I do it all the time. Uh, yeah, I was just like, you know, I can't do this anymore. And uh, and and I really was, I was the one writing all the songs. I was booking our shows. I was handling our social media, whatever social, MySpace, you know, at the time, you know, <laughs> YouTube and all that stuff. I was handling all that myself. And, and my girl, my wife, we were just, uh, well, we were dating and then eventually engaged. Uh, uh, she was like, she was the one that said, you know, we don't have kids. We don't have any ties here. Why don't we do this? Like go to Nashville and you try, like try to do this. And so she was actually the one that talked me into it. And we got married, moved here the next day. No. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Happy man, honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So I just, you know, I kind of hit the ground running. Um and uh you kind of just don't know anybody you just go to like open mic nights and like writers around and stuff and you try to meet people and it's awkward and it's you know it, it's crazy and then you start writing with people and you have to learn how to at that time i really wrote all by myself so you have to learn the you know write for forget writing songs you have to learn how to co-write songs like that's yeah. a skill in and of itself so you know it's just it's a process there's really no no shortcut everybody wants one i wanted one but there is there is not one you know they call it a 10-year town for a reason uh yeah. usually that's it takes you a while yeah 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 so it took me it took almost 12. <laughs> hey but, it's it's a it's a blanket 10-year town it could be a little bit yeah. above it could be a little bit under there's no t- like you said there's no timetable you could do whatever you could do you work on it all at your own pace and just kind of ha- when it happens it happens I don't think it's, it's not the same for anyone, but I think it's funny. Cause like, you know, when I started doing this, I don't know how long ago at this point, I guess a year at this point, which is wild. But when I started doing this, I, I, um, always thought that it was easier to co-write than it was to solo. Right. But then I thought about it well, only for this purpose only, because I could never write a song, not by myself and not with someone else. I just couldn't, I know I couldn't. But I thought that, you know, it's, it's like, it's so much easier to co-write, but then you think about it and there's so many other pieces of the puzzle to come into this one, this one blanket thing, this one end all project that, you know, sometimes you might not agree and it's a little bit harder to co-write. It's definitely, I, I think so. I think at this point, it's a little bit harder to co-write than it is to solo, right? Cause it's yeah. not just your thoughts. It's everyone's yeah. thoughts. Yeah. That, well, yeah. I mean, there's, but I think country music, um i mean i don't know i think in la and everything they they, the co-running is a big thing there too but uh i think it probably depends on like what your style of music you're pursuing because because country music is very literal like you know i mean like you you rewrite songs literally there's no you don't hear a country song and say i wonder what they meant by that like it's pretty spelled out for you you know what i mean like they might say it in cool ways and that's what that's the trick you know that to me that's the line it's like that book that line you're balancing on is like how do we say it in the coolest way but we don't lose anybody so that they don't know what we're saying you know uh so in that sense i feel like writing with other people uh is helpful because then you're you know you have more heads you know working towards the same thing if you're writing if you're trying to write you know a different genre maybe i don't know what that would be but uh you know like a folky thing or something maybe that is better if you're really drawn from a personal thing it's you know it might be better to do it on your own. That way you can feel it how you feel it, you know? Right. Um, so, but I mean, it works both ways. There's plenty of guys, gals in town that write by themselves and get songs cut on country music too. It's, 
just you know it just depends on the day i guess yeah like, it depends on the day that's yeah. the biggest thing is it depends on the day who did you who did you listen to or or well like what where, where do you think your main like who do you listen to the most who are like your 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 people that you like pull influences from and that you and I hate using the word influence. Like I didn't, I didn't, I don't like to ask you like who are your influences because like yeah. I think that's such like a generic statement. But I think at any given time, like I think now, I think like this year, your influences could be these people, or like when you were yeah. a kid, they were completely different. Like I don't think they're ever the same, which is why I hate using that word. But that's kind of what yeah. I want to know. Like who, like now, who do you pull from? And then like maybe when you first started, who were you pulling from? Yeah, man. Well, I think you're right in this, but. Uh with the, here's the caveat for me is like I, my influences are like i mean there's a ton and i think that's what it is like yeah. like you said it changes but if you if you grew up and if you like if you just sort of like um you know go looking for stuff and you like i mean i we listen to we had conway twitty and, and willie nelson records but we also had like um the Eagles and, and Skinner and, and we had Jimmy Buffett and we had Motown uh, and um, and Simon and Garfunkel. But then we had like Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass and like stuff like, you know, what I mean, like yeah. it was pretty weird. The record collection my, my my parents had and then my sisters were older than me. And so like I, I, I experienced the 80s, like 80s pop heavily because of them. Mm -hmm. that was like their their thing. And uh, so I got all of this stuff. And I think I think it just like it all sort of ebbs and flows. Like you said, like sometimes I'm in a, sometimes I'm in an eighties pop world with, with where I'm living. Sometimes I'm in a Bob Seger world with where I'm living. Sometimes I'm straight up Garth, you know, Travis Trick, Garth Brooks or something, you know what I mean? And I think that's, that's to me, that's like the most interesting songwriters are the ones that they draw on this, all this varied stuff. And then they just bring it into this one thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Eric church comes to mind for that to me. Like he's, pretty good at that you know and jay joins his producer like they draw on these different things and then make it a, a thing and yeah i say zeppelin is my favorite band of all times and i, I the, to me they're the best at that man because you could listen to an zeppelin album and it's like an experience from top to bottom you know yeah. there's there's no two songs on the sound the same uh on some of those records and so yeah but i think currently uh you know i don't i wouldn't say influences but the ones that like i gravitate towards that i like listening to is like eric church brothers osborne uh, Cadillac three is always fun to listen to, uh, you know, Miranda, uh, Casey Musgrave stuff gets me excited when, when she's putting stuff out, just those people that's, you know, uh, kind of push the envelope on what is, what is that, country music. That's, that's some of my favorite stuff too, because I think that I've said it once I said it last week, I'm going to say it probably next week, but it's a filing cabinet and there's so much there. There's, there's so much there. And I think that that's why, that's kind of why I asked the question. Cause I kind of have, for some reason I had a feeling that, that we were going to kind of think eye to eye on this one, but I, I like the people who kind of push the bucket a little bit. I obviously like the normal stuff or the, the, the you know, the, whatever, yeah the, you know, the everyday, whatever, you know, kind of stuff. I obviously like yeah. that too, but I, but every once in a while, and like church is my guy. And like, I love brothers Osborne. Like I also am on a huge Miranda Lambert kick at the, at the moment. So like, listen, like I like the people that are pushing the bucket. Did you like the, uh, well, cause like you said, you like Zeppelin, right? And that obviously, you know, that's kind of the stuff I grew up on and I love projects that, you know, are, are, you know, it's an experience. Like you said, to listen from, yeah. listen from top to bottom. I love stuff like that. Did you listen to, I'm, I'm going to say you did, but Miranda's Marfa tapes, because like, I thought that was an experience as a whole. 
Dude, no, I, and I'll tell you why, because I haven't had that moment. Cause I, when I, when, when I listen to that, I want to be in my head in go. the dark there you go. bed. And, and, uh, and there is a thing for that for me, because I know, I know that shit's going to inspire me when I listen to it to like create some stuff. And I, I want to be in the right headspace. And I just haven't, that hasn't been the moment yet for me. So, um, that's what I'm doing. That's See, I was so excited when that was coming out. So excited. Like, I, I think I tweeted about it for like a month before it came out every other day so excited and i remember when that came out i canceled all plans for that night because i knew that i needed to do nothing but to listen to that thing from track one to the end of it i needed to listen to the whole thing and i really did i sat in my room like you said and i sat there with my earbuds in and i turned the lights off and i just sat there and then i did the same thing but i went in my car and i drove for two hours and listened to the whole thing the next day i went through it so many times and I think the reason why is because it's an experience because you can hear the planes flying overhead and, yeah. uh, you know, she makes a little mistake in, in, uh, in, I think it's Geraldine. She like starts laughing halfway through. Cause she like does it one more time. Like she sings the verse again. And, um, it's just like, it's, it's so rough and like so imperfect that it's so cool. Absolutely. And that's you why know, it's awesome. I, music. I don't know. Sometimes I think that I mean, obviously the music business is the music business now. And uh, I don't know, I don't know if the general music consumer realizes that, but I mean, it is a business and that's what drives everything. You know what I mean? So uh, to me, that's just so unfortunate uh, because music is, is art. It's, yeah. That's what it is. It's art and art. It should imitate life, you know, yeah. and, and vice versa. And, uh, and life is just rough and it's not that, you know, you listen to like you, I was listening to ELO, uh, the other day and I was talking to somebody about it and we we're like, which guy was talking about the Beatles and stuff. And it's like, you listen to like the, you just listen to the, the, the human nature of the, the, the instruments and the voices. Like it's not, it's not perfect. It's not even no. close. You know what I mean? And that is musical. Yeah. You know, and so uh, that's why those people I mentioned, you know, Miranda being one of them and that project, why it's so awesome is I hope I hope that that kind of stuff becomes more prevalent and people start feeling that way again about about music, you know, because uh, you like listen to an ELO song and like these things were like massive smashes back in the 70s but you'd like listen to three and a half minutes and then they'd have like this orchestra come in and play for another 45 seconds you know and like this new different part it's like that song it's like the song changed songs like four times and in no way shape or form am i skipping ahead i'm listening to the whole thing excited and geeking out about how they keep changing it and uh and now that's like if someone heard that they'd be like what are you doing no no get that down to two minutes and (laughs) as many times as you can and you know it's just it's so unfortunate to me so. I, I agree because I think, and I, and I wouldn't have agreed with you, you know, maybe like a couple of years ago because like, that's just not how I looked at it. But yeah. then you kind of, you kind of change like even like John Mayer's like newest album. I don't know if you listen to that either, but yeah. what yeah. is, but like, that's, that's great. Like the whole thing I think is fantastic. And I think he does a really good job of doing stuff like that too. So like, I think that, that it's all like, um, I like the rough stuff. I like when it's rough around the edges and I, I like when it's not perfect. And, and, and when you can tell that I, I, I enjoy that. And, and, but I'm also like a sucker for like certain things like live records. Like, like I told you, the Eagles live is like one of my favorite records because, because of the sole fact that obviously, you know, I have to like, you know, change the actual, like, you know, the actual record if I'm listening to it, like on my like the vinyl player, but you know, like if, if I listen to it from one all the way down, like you're going to hear the crowd noise and it goes into the next next song. 
Like that's yeah. awesome. That's so cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you just don't get that anymore. You don't get that as much anymore. And, and it's a kind of a shame, but even like double albums, that's why I think like, like you, what you were saying that I think that um, eventually that stuff's going to change. Like, I think that we're, we're kind of hitting this point where people are realizing that they kind of want to go back to it being music again, like making an art. Cause like church came out with the triple album. Who the hell's come out with the tri triple album in like yeah. the last 20 years. Right. Yeah. And the most successful album right now is a double one more than Wallace. Right. Yeah. Cody Johnson's dropping a double two. So like, I think they all are now. Yeah. They all want to do it because they're, I think they're all realizing and I hope that they don't want to do it just because it's like a business thing. I hope that it's going to be a music thing, but. Well, I guarantee it's a business thing, but <laughs> the, Listen, the first one, the first one probably wasn't, but, the, but everything afterwards becomes. <laughs> that it, is true. If, if it does well, you know, that is true, but you know, optimism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, let's talk about a little bit of your, uh, your music here. Cause you have a lot out and um, it's all, it's all really great. And um so you started out, you put out your first project, 2017, you put out a self-titled EP. Yep. So you put that out and then you put out in 2018, you put out Better better on Paper, 2019, uh, The Friendship, 2020, Ain't My Place, which is an acoustic. And then 2021, you put out Four Good Years, my jam, and Good Thing Going. Um, yep. So um, you were kind of on a trend there where you put out, what is it, four or five songs all at once. And then you put out one-on-one. -on -one. And now you have two, like two out in 2021. It's pretty, you know, we're, we're in like in the middle of the year. Does that mean that you're going to put more out and are you looking towards something else? Yeah, well, that's really, uh, and this is, I'm being completely honest with you that put that, that, uh, that first EP I put out, that was because I got a production deal. Uh, and that was when I was kind of basically when I just, when I, when it was, not, you're not going to be a songwriter anymore, you know, you're going to be an artist. And and so that was where that came from. Someone was like passionate about that and helped me get off the ground. And that's what started. And then that fell apart as soon as it came out, uh, that whole deal and everything, which then fired me up because nothing fires me up like a no or a failure. Like, there you, go. You, you know, it just lit me on fire. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do this now. I'm going to prove every, I'm going to prove this, you know, this wrong so that I uh, and show, and show them that I can do it. And so, uh, I started putting out songs and I only did one a year because honestly budget, it's uh, a lot know, of money. It's, it costs a lot of money and they were acoustic because budget, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I signed my, my publishing deal last year and obviously COVID, I wasn't going to put anything out during that time, but, uh, uh, yeah. So the, the plan has been just to put three songs out a year, three to four songs out a year and then and make it an album, you know, when, when you the time is right, when, nice. when people want it, I'm not, I don't know I'm going to make a record just because, but, uh, you know, you know, when the time is right, if people want a record, then, you know, then, then I'll make one for sure. Being an album guy, how exciting is that thinking that that, that, that could possibly happen? Oh, super exciting. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, and the thought, that whole thought process has gone into it, like four good, you, uh, like I said earlier, the Zeppelin thing, the, the, my biggest, my biggest thing as an artist uh, is I don't want song one to sound like two to sound like three. I, I want it to be an experience as much as possible, you know? And, uh, and so that is my thought process. And that has been a little bit of the pushback though, too, is like, what's your lane? Like, where, where do you, where do you live? And, and I'm like, I, <laughs> I'm like, I live on a six lane highway, man. Like I don't have a lane, you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't want to. And so, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. It's sort of, it's sort of like murky water right now with that. Uh, I've been told that that's going to be my pushback a little bit, but you took my damn I've question, Brett. You took my question. I was going to ask you. Oh that. yeah. I, yeah. 
only for the sole purpose of is that, you know, obviously you just came out with good thing going and good thing going in four good years sound nothing alike. They're completely different, which is fantastic. It's great. And I love it. Um, and I think that that's great that, that, you know, when, when there is time for you to come out with that full record and, and, and to put those songs together and decide what you want to go where and why you want something to go somewhere. Cause that is important. Um, that it's all going to be, you know, a little bit different. And I like that. I think that's awesome. And I understand where you're coming from, but I think that's awesome. Uh, I appreciate it, man. I, I think most, I think most people that are just fans of music will appreciate that, you know, yeah. but when you get into, when you get into stuff that doesn't have a, a checklist, hasn't been done before, isn't, isn't the successful typical way things are done. Then, the, then on the business side of things, that's where you get like the, eh, you know, uh, but I'm not really uh, to a fault. I'm not as worried about that as about just making music that I'm proud of and that will connect with people. So, uh, it makes it a longer road, makes it yeah. a harder, road, but makes, makes you a lot, makes it a lot more worth it in the end. I think so. All right. Uh, dude, your, your streams on, uh, on good thing going, it's been out for what, two weeks at this point, or am I making that up? Uh, yeah, tomorrow will be two weeks. At the day of recording, it's been a two weeks. Already has 20, 21,000 streams just on Spotify alone. I don't know what the Apple Music numbers look like because they don't let you look at that because I don't know. Yeah. Apple Music kind of sucks a little bit, but um, uh, I'm sure it's probably similar. So, like, that's that's crazy. Two weeks, and those are that those are the numbers you're looking at. That's nuts. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks, man. That's definitely the best run first couple weeks of any song I've put out, and I and I really just owe that to my fans uh and i i spent a lot of time uh on the on this on this release i tried something different instead of creating just content and promotional content to push the song i just got on i got on instagram man and i started reaching out to my fans one by one and uh and i spent uh last weekend no two right right the weekend of a release i spent about 20 hours no no joke just on my phone messaging people and starting conversations and stuff and asking them to stream it and add it to their playlist and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and wouldn't you know it, like if you just connect with your fans and, and really just shake, shake a million hands, make a million fans kind of approach, man, which is what it should be. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's the best performing song I've released so far. So that is, that is the model I will be following. It's more time. It's time consuming and it becomes impossible, I guess at a certain point, but, uh, um, you know, I just want my fans to know that, uh, that I'm, I, you know, I appreciate him so much and that, that this business does not, it doesn't even exist if right. people don't listen to it. Like, exactly. I, it gets looked over. It's so obvious and so like, duh, but it, I feel like it gets looked over so much. Um, you know, like if people just stop listening, we're not doing it anymore. It's just what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all because of y'all. So, is uh, it, isn't it crazy to think that, like, you know, I mean, like you said, you know, like if people just stop listening, then, then that's it. But it's also crazy to think that like there are so many people that you're like, they, they, you're your, their favorite artist. Like that's, that's nuts to think that. And then there's, there, there's, there's, there's a ton of things that were like songs mean a lot of things to people and then it helps them through things. And, and, you know, people are really passionate about their favorite artists and they will do yeah. a lot for their favorite artists. Yeah. So Man, that's crazy. It is. It's still. I don't like. I said when we hopped on here, it still blows my mind that people like yourself would want to even spend time talking to me about this. Stuff. I, it's really weird to me. Uh, but like you said, man, uh, I still haven't really 
I don't think I really get that yet. I don't think it really hits home. But last week, that made me think of a story. This girl, Sarah, I don't know her, but she's a songwriter in town, evidently. Uh, she posted on her stories, like there was like, you know, four of her or five, 15 second of her slides, but it's just her covering good thing going, talking about how she was obsessed with the song or whatever. And I saw that no one's ever, I mean, I think, I, I think people, I got a bug in here. I'm trying to smack. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, I, I think people have covered my songs before possibly, uh, and I missed it on social media, but, uh, that was the first one I like really saw and like got a sense of like, this is a young writer in town and like they're influenced by something I did, which is what I got into music in the first place for, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I, and I mean, literally, I didn't just tear up. I, I sobbed. I like, I grown man sobbed on the couch. <laughs> my wife sitting next to me, like with her arm around me. And I was like, I've just been working my ass off so long to like be on the other side of this, man. Like I moved here because some, so many people did that for me. You know what I mean? And now to think that like, I'm doing that for somebody, man, like even now I'm getting teared up about it. Like that, <laughs> That is, that is that just changes everything you know and i'm just working so hard at that day where i'm like singing like i'm playing to thousands of people who are <clears throat> singing my songs word for word right back at me like that moment that moment will be i, I don't know what will top that it makes it all worth you know? it it makes it all worth it then in a day that's that's um that's why you do it that's wild that's a crazy story that's Listen, it's, it's all right to cry every once in a while. We all do it. We all do it. I'll sit here and tell you I do it too. Why not? I do it. Why not? <laughs> I do it my fair share, bro. <laughs> After I had kids, I was this big of a giant pansy about everything. <laughs> you became like, you know, those, like, Yeah, I did, man. Those, uh, those like soldier coming home surprising their kids. <laughs> you know? Dude. I'm just like crying my eyes out. My wife's like, what, what is wrong with you? Like, get a pair, bro. Like, <laughs> and I can't. I'm just like a mess. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if, if you're ever in a movie or anything and they ever need you to cry, we'll just pull one of those videos up. It'll be like, uh, you, you'll be good. No fake tears necessary. You'll be all right. The ones I've seen like 20 times still get me. It's, uh, yeah. it, means, uh, it means it really means something. It doesn't mean you're soft. It means it means something. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so listen. We've been talking about all your music and about how everything's gone so great for you so far. And in 2021, everything's just um, kind of going your way and it's all well-deserving and on. But you had a huge, massive milestone happen a few months back where um, Blake Shellen released his record, Body Language, and you wrote Bible verses on that record. Yep. That, that's yeah. got to be one of those things where you say, holy shit. Like that's... That's crazy. Yeah, and it's a great song. It really is. It's a fantastic song. Thank um, you. But yeah. what is that like? What is that like? Uh, in, you know, indescribable. I, it, uh, there, I posted a video on my Instagram of the day that I found that out, that it was for sure on the record. I posted, uh, it was me and my pope. <clears throat> I was on a Zoom call with my two buddies and Scott Hendricks, who produces Blake. Uh, Scott got on a Zoom and wanted to meet us and tell us that that was like going to be on the record and what their plans were for that song. And, um, I was there by myself at, at my publishing house. I came out of there. Uh, they, they actually locked up because they didn't know I was upstairs on Zoom. I, I set off the alarms and stuff. <laughs> I was like trying to not have the cop come show up on me. But then I got in the parking lot and I mean, I just lost it. Like I was screaming at the top of my lungs, just jumping up and down. And I, I uh, and I stopped and I, I was like, man, I need to document this moment so i turned the the my, my phone camera on and, and videoed it, uh, me doing it but like i'm just losing my mind uh it's just one of those like you know you have all these emotions for 12 years of your life 
you know, all this like fail, all this little victories, all these failures, all these step forwards and eight steps back and all the, you know, your family sacrificing time with you and you're sacrificing money to, that you can't spend to go on vacation and do all this stuff because you're putting it into this dream. And it's like all these emotions are just all of a sudden they just want to come out at the same time. And it's like, you can't like you humanly can't do that. And, uh, and that moment, you know, at first it was tears and then it was just like this, Oh my gosh, I can't Blake Shelton. Like that's the hardest, that's arguably the hardest record to get on in Nashville and, uh, as a writer. And, uh, yeah, it was incredible. And, and speaking of COVID, I went out with my two, my buddies that I wrote it with, oh, we no. had beers and celebrated the next day. I started feeling like crap. <laughs> I went and got tested and I had COVID. <laughs> it's a, uh, uh, it's a congratulations gift. It's the gift yeah, that keeps on giving. Yeah, the gift that keeps on giving. It kept on for a while. But, yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. That is that that honestly is incredible. When you write a song like that, do you write it and say like, "Oh, I think we have something here"? Because you you write hundreds of songs. Yeah. You you write so many songs a week. You write so many songs a week. And how do you like like you write a song like that and you have to you have to just sit back and say we have something here. Like there's a good chance we have something. Yeah, man. Yeah, we did. But like, and then in a very not- in a very humble way is what I mean. In yeah. a very humble way. Well, yeah, I yeah. But in it is in a humble way as I can make this sound, and I'm not just talking about me. I'm just talking about songwriters in general. Like you, the, they're not just like uh, you have you have more of those that you've write that you write. You know what I mean? Like you have those where you're like, this is special, and then they just sit there and right. you know, or they go on hold and they're like, they're gonna be on the record. They record them and then they're like, this is gonna be the single, and then they don't even make the record. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of thing. So, uh, but me and Joe Fox and Andrew Peebles, uh, the two ways I wrote with. Uh, we've been writing together for like years, uh, well before any of us had anything going on. And our motto has always been just serve the song because at the end of the day, you can't control once you write that thing, what it does is like really out of your hands. Like it's just going to be what it's going to be. And, uh, and we literally said in that, right. We're like, well, this is one of them songs. Uh, you know, it's one of them real, real songs. Um, you know, we're like, I don't even know if anybody's going to cut this, but we need to write it. And uh, and we said, we literally said, if it gets cut, <clears throat> it's just going to be like a deep cut on a record. So let's not worry about it being commercial or saying whatever. Let's just write it honestly and, and real. And uh, and that's what we did. And then, I mean, and it made it on the record. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, I don't know if this is a dirty little secret in Nashville, but when you get these pitch sheets of what artists are looking for, it's never that. It's, 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 they want the, they want, it's always like they want a radio smash is what it says. Like, Oh, they want to hit. Oh, okay. Weird. Or it's like, they want, they, they want the concert, like beers in the air kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want that concert from, that's what they always look for. So a song like that is like, it's just already the odds are stacked against it. So. Which is ironic because some of my favorite songs are songs like Bible verses. <laughs> yeah. Same, <laughs> Which is kind of same funny. Here. And same. I think a lot of people think that way too, but but at but but at a summer you know at a country festival in July drinking beer I don't know that people are going to want to hear that song you know what I mean he probably not, he he might not even play that at something like that I don't I don't know uh, who knows I don't know there's all that stuff that goes into it but more than anything I'm proud at, I'm just proud that we wrote the song we served it so to that like they never asked for those songs uh, Scott Hendricks sent out an email saying like, I need three more. I think it was three more songs on Blake, this Blake record. What do y'all got? And he said, do not send me these like songwritery bluebird 
listening room type songs. I don't want to hear those. He literally said that. And then my publisher, Kim Wiggins, who's a rock star, she's like, yeah, okay, but, but listen to this one. And so she sent it to him anyway. But I mean, that was the preface. Like, don't send me those, you know what I mean? Because we want the, we want the radio friendly, right. up-tempo smashes, you know, or whatever. So <laughs> yeah, I, you got to give her credit for that, man. Hey, uh, listen, <clears throat> it's a fantastic song, whether it be listening room, Bluebirdy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's fantastic. And it's funny because like I know exactly what you're talking about when you say that. But still, it's it's you know, it's it's yeah. it's an incredible song. And and you have not you obviously you're you're proud of it. I mean you should be. And um that's awesome. So really congratulations to you. Congratulations to the guys on that one. Congratulations to your whole team and and uh that's a big feat, Brett. That's a big feat. So that's awesome. It is. I thank you for that. Thank you. That's awesome. Brett, man, thanks for coming hang out with me. I really appreciate it. It was really great to uh Kind of get to sit down and get to talk to you for a little bit. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Like I said, four four good years. I told you this on my Instagram. I listen to that song at least, at the very least, twice a day. Always comes on. Always so, comes on. So you're the guy. Okay. So I'm the guy. <laughs> so that's me. I'm the guy. Right, I appreciate you, brother. No, man, thanks for having me on here. I really do. It, that's, it means a lot to, you know, you want to sit down and talk to me about me and what I like my what I got going on. That's that's crazy, and, and I'm very appreciative of that. So thank you. Rush Rook, you're one hell of a dude. I cannot wait to see what goes on and uh, what you got coming up next. Um, big things. I'm excited because uh, just like your song, this is going to be so cheesy. You got a lot of good things going. Look at that. Way to go. <laughs> oh, Come man. on. Yeah, Come right. on. <laughs> and you know, I'll find a cheesy note. Why not? Everybody, you can go follow Brett on Instagram at Brett Rookie, all one word. Everybody, this is another episode of Remember Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode, and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 Central. As always, I'm Kyle. That's Brett. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye now. Mm-hmm.